Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to be back with you here on another great day in Texas agriculture. Well, the battle over WOTUS continues. If you remember that term, WOTUS, it stands for Waters of the U.S. Rule. That was an Environmental Protection Agency rule that tried to expand the EPA's jurisdiction over waters here in the U.S., During the Trump administration, they replaced it with something called the Navigable Waters Protection Act. Well, that court battle just continues to go on. We'll update you on the latest coming up here to kick off today's show. Also, if you have a cattle brand registered here in Texas, you need to re-register it because it expired this week at the end of August. We'll tell you more about the timeline for getting that brand re-registered coming up on today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Fall is a critical time for Texas High Plains ranchers. I'm James Hunt, and we'll share some thoughts from our AgriLife beef cattle specialist on Texas Ag Today. I'm from West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. We'll talk about the crop progress in West Texas as we creep into fall. The Texas Food Processors Association holds its annual conference to get updated on issues such as labor and transportation. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A federal court in Arizona has struck down the 2020 Navigable Waters Protection Rule. It was a Trump-era regulation favored by farmers and ranchers that corrected the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule. Farm groups were quick to condemn the court decision, with the American Farm Bureau's president, Zippy Duvall, saying he's extremely disappointed with the decision, which casts uncertainty over farmers and ranchers across the country and threatens the progress they've made to responsibly manage water and natural resources. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association also condemned the court decision, saying NCBA will continue advocating for regulations that protect the ability of cattle producers to invest in their land and care for their cattle. The Biden administration had previously announced its intent to repeal and replace the Navigable Waters Protection Rule. If you haven't re-registered your cattle brand this year here in Texas, it has now expired and the clock is ticking. Jessica Domel explains. Texas cattle owners now have six months to renew their cattle brands, tattoos, or marks with their county clerk's office. All brands, tattoos, and marks in the state officially expired Tuesday. According to the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association, cattle owners have six months to renew their brands before they become up for grabs. Michelle Carlisle from TSERA says cattle brands and marks play an important role in helping livestock officers return cattle when they're lost or stolen. 
it is kind of like a return address for the cattle. When the cattle are missing, just jumped on the neighbor, we can find it quickly in our database and find out who that brand and who that cow belongs to. And it also prevents theft. Our special rangers have spoke about when they've interviewed suspects and the suspects have actually told us that they will avoid cattle that have brands on them and go for the unbranded livestock. So it's a good deterrent for thieves. The deadline to register brands and marks is February 28th. Costs vary by county. Cattle raisers should register their brand in each county that they have cattle. Brand registration is good for 10 years. Cattle owners who continue to use a brand or mark that is not registered face a fine of up to $500. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's still too early to tell if Hurricane Ida did much damage to Mid-South crops. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says there is a lot of open cotton bowls in that area. Now in the states most impacted by Ida, Louisiana had 48% of the cotton bowls open on the 29th of August, Mississippi 42%. The good news there is that the core of the hurricane and then the tropical storm that it later became passed south and southeast of the primary Mississippi Delta cotton areas, meaning that there was only minimal wind and rainfall concerns across that region. So hopefully those farmers were spared any major damage. Fall will be here before we know it. And James Hunt tells us there are several things for ranchers to keep in mind as we get ready to change the seasons. In yesterday's report, Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith told us, thanks to some timely rains, grazing conditions in the Texas High Plains are pretty good right now. But Dr. Smith says as forages go dormant, ranchers need to keep protein supplementation in mind, even for cows that are in good condition. And mineral and vitamin nutrition is important, too. The forage profiling that we've done to date in the area uh, and, and this is not new information. It supports uh, some of the work that's been done over a considerable amount of time that forages alone are not going to meet mineral requirements of cattle in the high plains. And salt alone is not going to do an adequate job or trace mineralized salt alone is not going to do an adequate job of providing cattle with the mineral and vitamins that they require at a level that's high enough to meet their requirements. So either complete free choice mineral supplementation program or providing that similar level of both trace minerals and macro minerals and fat soluble vitamins through our other means of supplementation is going to be key. Dr. Smith also offered this advice on herd management. Consider going beyond simply removing those cows that fail to calve. I'd argue that some of our more costly females in the cow herd are those cows that got pregnant and calved, but then did not raise that calf to weaning. So I highly encourage producers to, you know, this fall, particularly those of you that are spring cabin, look at your herd really critically and identify those females. By removing those females from the herd, we're inadvertently putting selection pressure on those traits and going to make genetic improvement or progress in the right direction. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Crop conditions in West Texas are looking very good as harvest time nears. Eddie Griffiths has an update from Lubbock. Around West Texas, the crop is progressing nicely with bountiful rainfall throughout the summer. This is one of the better crops in West Texas in a good while, especially when we talk about the dryland crop. 
It's been a few years since we can say that we had a decent dry land crop, pretty much been a non-dry land crop across West Texas. This year, there will be cotton to harvest on dry land acres. Producers are working diligently to try to keep those fields clean. With this amount of moisture, the weed pressures have been heavy throughout the summer months. We have seen some harvesting of corn as far as silage and corn is concerned. Looks like pretty good yields in those fields. As we move later into the fall, producers are thinking about preparations to be made as far as harvest aids and getting ready to start getting some of that cotton crop out of the field. Across the board, the fields look good here in West Texas. There is wheat starting to be planted in the region with plenty of moisture to get that wheat up and established. But again, the main concern will be controlling the weed pressures and keeping those at bay as that wheat crop emerges. This is Eddie Griffiths reporting from West Texas for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Food Processors Association held their annual conference this week. Tom Nicoletti goes to Bernie to talk with the head of that association. My guest today is Dr. Al Wagner. He is executive director of the Texas Food Processors Association, and he joins us from uh, their annual conference in Bernie today. And uh, Dr. Wagner, uh, certainly uh, your group, which is a nonprofit trade association representing companies engaged in the production of food products, getting together this week to talk about a number of issues. And uh, what are some of those issues that are important to your membership? Well, there are several of them, but the labor laws, and employment, dealing with uh, all the changes going on there, some due to COVID, some not due to COVID, but uh, getting updates like that uh, is very important. We have a gentleman talking about transportation, of course, being food processors, whether they're actually in processing or whether they're suppliers to the food processors themselves, transportation, there's trucking involved in, in all phases and aspects. Of, of the food of our food industry and then uh, an, another one uh, on employee safety uh, regulations and human resources just a lot of the hot topics and considerations in the post-covid world as food processors uh, what type of adjustments and changes have they had to make during this uh, coronavirus uh, period and uh, moving forward well employees of course they had to, uh, in some cases, shut down. I know the adjustment with their employees has been a major issue. That is Dr. Al Wagner, Executive Director of the Texas Food Processors Association. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Dove season is underway for part of Texas. What do hunters need to know this year? I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And scientists have found drug-resistant superbugs in two raw dog food brands. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. 
Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Scientists have found drug-resistant superbugs that are harmful to humans in two raw dog food brands. Dr. Bob Judd says that increases concerns about human safety when feeding these types of foods. For years, veterinarians have been warning people about the hazards of feeding raw pet food, and this is mainly due to the potential to spread bacterial infections from the food to humans. Feeding raw pet food potentially introduces these pathogenic organisms to your home when you are preparing the pet's food, and it is really an unnecessary risk in most cases. Antimicrobial resistance occurs when disease-producing organisms evolve so they are no longer susceptible to antibacterial medications, and resistant organisms are a major concern for the future. Raw food is a particular concern because many pathogens die when cooked at sufficiently high temperatures. A recent study tested 55 samples of dog food, 14 of them frozen raw, for Enterococcus bacteria. And 30 of the 55 samples contained the organism and 26 carried isolates resistant to antibiotics. Resistant organisms were found in all freeze-dried foods tested. And these organisms were resistant to three or more different antibiotics, making them multi-drug resistant. These organisms were only found in three cooked products, two wet and one treat. Dr. Anna Fritz indicates organisms can likely be transmitted to humans from contact with dogs, their food, or their feces. The most serious problem is that seven of the organisms were resistant to linozolid, which is a very important antibiotic in human medicine. One study found dogs that ingested raw meat were 15 times more likely to pass cephalosporin-resistant antibiotics in their feces. Raw pet foods can be dangerous to your pets, and unless there is a specific reason, it is not recommended to feed your pet raw foods. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Dove season is now underway in part of Texas. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. The time of year that most hunters across Texas have been waiting for is finally here. Dove season for both the north and the central zones opened Wednesday. Owen Fitzsimmons, webless migratory game bird program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, said despite winter storm Uri, there are good prospects for hunters this year. Numbers are down a little bit in the north and central zone, just kind of generally. But for the most part, we've had really good hatch year production. Dove population levels at this point, despite any kind of impacts from the winter storm, they're well within the normal annual variability. So we're still looking at at least an average season and possibly even a really good season, depending on the northern birds that, that migrate down a little bit later in the season. But Simmons reminds hunters that before they head out to the field, there are a few things that they'll need. You need to have your hunting license. You need to be HIP certified. That's HIP. That stands for Harvest Information Program. You're going to get asked a few simple questions about the previous year's migratory game bird hunting activity. And you need to be sure that you have a migratory game bird endorsement on your license. That's a $7 endorsement. The funds from that go directly back into habitat management and research and public hunting opportunity for uh, Texas hunters. Hunters born on or after September 2nd, 1971 must have proof that they've successfully completed hunter education or must have proof of an approved deferral. Bag limits are unchanged this year at 15 doves per day with no more than two white tipped. In the south zone on the special white-winged dove days, the limit is 15 with no more than two morning doves and two white tipped. Again, dove season for just the north and central zones is now open. Dove season for the south zone does not open until September 14th. 
The special White Wing Dove Days have been extended this year. They're now September 3rd through the 5th and September 10th through the 12th. All of this year's hunting regulations are available in the Outdoor Annual book on OutdoorAnnual.com and on the Outdoor Annual app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was an up and down day for the cattle and cotton markets on Wednesday, but the slide in corn prices continued. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had an up and down day in the cattle complex on Wednesday. We traded both sides of the market, but we ended up closing mostly higher. October live cattle up 67 at 127.57. December up 12, 133.60. February live cattle up 15, 137.90. About the only lower contract we see in the cattle complex is the September nearby feeder cattle. It was down 7, 162.92. October feeders up 30, 168.05. The November up 87 at 170.52. Cash fed cattle trade kicked off the week with the online fed cattle exchange here on Wednesday. That's about the only sales we have so far this week. 1,590 heads sold in the exchange. The price, 122 to 124 and a quarter. So higher prices this week compared to last week. Boxed beef was lower on Wednesday. Choice down a dollar fifty-four at three forty fifty-eight. Select down twenty-four cents three eleven seventy-nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear that auctioneer sound off, it's time to head to Mason. Talk to my friend Ken Jordan about the sale he had in Mason on Monday. Ken, have that thing shake out. Even Larry had a good run day, right? Pretty well what we expected, about 1,100 head, about 100 packer cows, and about 20 bulls. Uh, today, I thought overall the quality of cattle was very, very good. I thought as we moved in here, demand was extremely active. Uh, we had a large group of buyers on hand again, and uh, they were definitely wanting most all classes of cattle. I thought our lighter stocker steers and heifers, especially those kind of cattle weighing that three and a quarter to 475, I thought on the steer end, they were probably 10 to $15 a hundred higher. We had several drafts today, groups of cattle weighing in the upper threes, say 360, 375, some of them bring up to two. 230 to 238 even today. So those dollars out, lots of dollars. Some of them came up like 870, 880 dollars, and low four way cattle. I thought uh, on the heifer side, about the same weight, those cattle were probably uh, within that 325 to 450 pounders. They were probably uh, close to five to seven dollars higher. But you get into bigger cattle, feeder cattle, I thought overall they sold fully steady, both on steers and heifers. Uh, packer cows, bulls, I thought so fully steady today too. I think we've kind of adjusted with the numbers coming from up north and dry conditions now. Uh, we seem like we stabilized on that. Our pairs and bread cows, I thought overall, sold steady steady on limited tests on those as a whole. So overall, very good market, Larry, and uh, we're getting ready for our big sale in Sabo on Thursday. Good deal. We'll tell people.
people more about that as we get closer. In the meantime, if folks want to know more about that sale coming up, how they get a hold of you, Ken? You bet. Give us a call, Eric. Go 325-372-5159. And update information also go to our website, jordankettle.com, Larry. We appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Talk to you before the next sale. Sounds great, Larry. Thank you. Neighbor, looks to me like that's all the time we've got for a glass of iced tea and a livestock market operator report. On Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close strongly higher with the October contract up $1.35.90.15. December hogs up 52 cents, 82.47. Class 3 milk was mixed. September milk down 9, 16.66 a hundredweight. The October up 3, 16.93. A mixed close in the cotton market with nearby October cotton up 24 points, 94.15. December cotton down 23, 92.30. Both cotton and grain traders concerned over the situation at the Port of New Orleans. Hurricane Ida damaged both structural and electrical at the port. Power is not expected to be back on for another four to six weeks. So that could cause a big backup in grain and cotton exports. The corn market reacted to that news Closing sharply lower, September corn down 18 and a half, 515 and a half, December corn down 11 and a half, 522 and three quarters. Same story in the wheat market, lower prices across the board. Nearby September, Kansas City wheat down 10 cents, 695 and a quarter. New crop July wheat down two and three quarters, 707 and three quarters. Soft wheat in Chicago, same story, September down five and three quarters, 701 a bushel. New crop July, soft wheat down seven at 717 and a half. Rough rice closing lower, September rice down 15 and a half, 1297 and a half. November soybeans down 14 and three quarters at 1277 and three quarters. September soybean meal off 270 to finish at 343.70 a ton. In the energy markets, October natural gas up 23 cents at 460. October crude oil down three, 68.47 a barrel. The financial markets narrowly mixed with the Dow down 40 points, 35,320. The Nasdaq up 70 at 15,329. The S&P up 4, 4,526. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time, and I hope you have a great day in Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.